some of the things in the episode you're about to hear already happened. They're in the past. So congratulations. You can see the future and should probably start buying lottery tickets. Yeah, and betting on baseball games. And horses? Is that still a thing? It should be. You should do that too. Bet on some horses. Definitely. I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So buckle up! Hiya, BB. Good morning, Claire. Good morning, baby. Good morning, girl. Let me tell you that fate stepped in this morning and... I'm having a great day. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I came into your building, right? You buzzed me upstairs. Yep. And as I was coming up the stairs, I could hear someone was pulling something very heavy down the flights between three and two. Now, you mm-hmm. live on the third floor. I do. I'm coming up from one to two, right? And mm-hmm. I'm looking up. I'm like, what is that sound? I turn the corner and I see, I'm assuming your super is mm-hmm. pulling a love seat sofa wrapped in plastic, wrapped in plastic, yep. down the stairs. And so I try to stand out of the way, like kind of fascinated. I like when when one person tries to deal with a heavy thing on their own. Ugh. I like watching that. It's kind of funny to Good me. Good for you. And so I'm standing out of the way and I happen to accidentally stand in the doorway of a very hot guy who was coming out of his door to go to work. And I said, oh, oh my God, excuse me. And he's like, no, it is completely Wait, fine. And which, I was like, oh, it is. Well, great. This is on the second floor? Or? On the second floor, if you're looking at the apartment in the far right corner at the base of the stairs. Right. Yes. Second floor, far right corner. but Okay, like directly across from the stairs? Yes. Okay. He looks like a mixed race gentleman with a five o'clock shadow and a very good professorial like get up in his I'm- clothes. It was very hot. I'm trying to remember if that's the pilot or not. Mm, what? He's a pilot? Oh my god. Do you want the bad news? He's married. He's gay. Damn it. That's not <laughs> bad news. That's good for somebody else. I mean, else. it's good for somebody else. God because damn it. I know like in one of those like corner apartments on either my floor or the floor below. There's a gay man. There, He's gay. There's a gay man couple. Um, that was very, like, elementary. Um, a gay the, man couple. A gay man couple, and, like, one of them is a pilot, because I have passed, like, I have, like, coincided with him, like, leaving this building at, like, three in the morning to go to Newark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do I have croissant crumbs on my face, is the real question. Not on your face, but wait, turn... In my hair? How dare you, Ian? <gasps> I don't know. Um, you have a speck, I think it's a speck of dust in your hair. Ow! Okay, wait, where is, oh, you got it, it you got it, I yeah. I see it, Paul. Yeah. <sighs> Ian Brodsky is keeping me together. He is keeping me away from bearding gay men. He is keeping me away from having dirt in my heart. Listen, listen, I'm a friend. I look out for you. Okay. If that's your version of friendship, it is tough, but it is love. I, it's, I guess that's equal. That's equal. Yesterday, speaking of fabulous gay men. I read a tweet from Joel Kim Booster, one of my favorite comedians, who also happens to dabble in, like, music theater knowledge. Mm -hmm. And he says, how dare you, you coward. I'm, like, paraphrasing. He's like, you're a coward if you change the pronouns in that song. That song is about a man, and you are gay for the next three minutes. Wait, what song? I don't know. He didn't specify. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Sure. I'll buy it. Which I have. Sometimes when you sing a song and you change the pronouns, the song is not as powerful. Right. Because certain things men and women wouldn't say to one another. They right. just wouldn't. I can't sing Not a Day Goes By about anyone but a guy because only guys can be flighty like that. 
Women don't. <laughs> Our guest is like. She's nodding in agreement. She's like. Ben. She's like praising the Lord. She's like in a spiritual. Yes. But wonder of wonder miracles and miracles could only be sung by the most optimistic dude because a woman wouldn't think that that befell her good luck, right? She'd be like, I worked really hard for this and also thank you for... You're allowed to laugh. Yeah. Oh, she's... Well, you... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's verified. Ian, how are you? We're talking a lot about me. Oh, God. I'm I'm all right. Like, I had, I had a busy weekend, which I'll talk more about later. Um, and now I'm back. I am back in the swing of things, and I'm just kind of like re like regrouping. Like I'm back like after this like post like celebratorial weekend, and now I'm just I'm doing well. Like I'm trying to mellow out and chill and like build myself back up because I have a busy weekend ahead of me. Celebratorial. So. Uh, you've made up some. Uh, we've made up some words on this uh, we show have. before, but that one might be the most joyous. I, I would like to think so. Celebratorial. Right. It was a celebratorial podcast. It was. And <laughs> huzzah to that. Huzzah, honey. So you have a big week coming up. I have a big week coming up. It's just a busy, like, work weekend. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know I'm not going to be... And I'm, like, pulling double duty with other jobs and stuff. So I know I'm just going to be, like... I'm just going to be running. Just, like, running all along the town. Just, like, nonstop. So... Amazing. This is my day. Actually, this isn't my day. I'm, like, kind of in it now where I have to, like, just start building myself up and just start like warming up while I'm running the marathon. I'm not running a marathon. I'm just like, that's, that's a metaphor. If you want me to tell the listeners at home, we can cut this. It's up to you. But Ian is wearing pajama pants. I am. A North Carolina Tar Heel shirt, which I had no idea he was even a fan. I'm not. My parents live in North Carolina, so. Right. And then a newsboy cap. It's a real um, cart before the horse situation. I, I have, so, um, (laughs) My plans after this podcast is over. I plan on going to sleep, hence the pajamas, and I haven't washed my hair in two days, hence the cap. Oh, so, okay. So I'm so disgusting. So you can tell me that I have croissant in my hair, but I don't get to see your greasy roots. Okay, let me see. Turn down. Ian is showing me his hair. Oh, oh, ho, oh, oh, ho. I'm is. disgusting. It's not disgusting, but it is definitely... It's like matted down and like Unkempt disgusting. compared to yeah. your normal look. Right. Yes. And, would you say that you have some metrosexual tendencies? Like Absolutely. You, you like to think keep I, things clean, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, and I think about it as of recently because it came up. I forget like what podcast or what show I was watching, um, but it was like that was a whole thing in like the aughts, like in two thousand to two thousand nine, where it's like it's like a whole thing to be like a straight dude who just like cared about like how he like his health because people thought that metrosexual if they didn't know like the woke term right they had that which we didn't even have woke at the time look how woke i am i know metrosexual sounded like it was some other kind of queerness and that's just not really the case right right so like i've all i mean i just grew up like with parents that were like clean yourself make yourself look presentable <laughs> and so like nowadays especially because I work in like an industry that's very much based on your look yeah like I, I have to think about like what I look like a lot of the time and like it's fine I don't understand why metrosexual has a weird connotation for some people still and mm-hmm. it's somewhat stigmatized I would right. still say but lumbersexual isn't I think I mean Lumbersexual is kind of like how the cumber bitches named themselves. You know right, what I mean? Right. There we go. See, this is the context. If you want the name, then you'll lean hard into it. But people right. who are metrosexual don't like to be called metrosexual. I mean, I mean like I don't Maybe care. They do, but like but. um no, but like that but with that, those two things, I'm like I I found out about both of those and I was like, why? Why did we need like a categorization of like a person's attraction in this way? 
I don't know. Maybe I just don't get it. Maybe it's just not for me. It makes me think that maybe if I describe my type, it's just bro-sexual. And then at what point are we just adding sexual to the end of things that does right. it? It's not, it's not sexual in any way. Metrosexual is not sexual in any way. It just means right. that you manscape. Yeah. That's really what that sure. is. Right? You would agree? I agree. <laughs> Should we introduce our guest then? <laughs> yes. Now that you know so much about her. <laughs> All right. It is time to introduce our special guest. So cue the music. Today, we would like to welcome to the show a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. She is an actor. She is a singer. She is a dancer, choreographer, director, Cat mom, this girl is on fire. Please welcome to the show, Miss Teresa Burns. Hey, y'all. Hi. Yay, Hi. Teresa. Thanks for having me, of guys. Of course. Babe, you're here. We're doing it. It's a fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Appreciate so, it. Mm-hmm. So how's things? Things are good, you know? My cat, his costume is all taken care of, so I'm good. Big load off my like mind. My best friend Kristen found the costume. Ooh. He's a king. King Chowder. So, this y'all ep- are welcome. <laughs> this episode drops on the 1st of November, so how do you think your Halloween night is going to have gone at this point? I think, um, so if Chowder hasn't killed me in my sleep for putting him <laughs> in this costume, um, I think it will have gone well. So Chowder does that weird cat thing where almost anything's fine except something on his head. So when I put the crown on his head, he suddenly freezes and like tips over to the ground and does that crazy like cat jerking like trying to put himself on the head craziness. What is he dressed as? A king. Just a king. A, a king. king. Cat. Mm-hmm. Yes. A cat king. Exactly. So he's got like a cape and he's got the crown. <laughs> um, and so he doesn't really like the crown. It kind of freaks him out. However, he really loves his cape. So if I just put that cape on, he's good. He like prances around my apartment, secures the perimeter, me. <laughs> it's so like, I, that's when he knows he's a king. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think Halloween will go well if I just do the cape. I think I'll live to tell the tale. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. just the cape. Just the cape. Just the cape. Just the cape. Mm-hmm. Just the tip. <laughs> that's exactly cape. what I was thinking. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, you all have a major, major friendship. I think you care deeply about one another. Would true that story. be true? Yes. Can true you explain how you met, what, you, what you've worked on together, why you're such good friends? Okay. So, Ian and I met years ago. What year is this? 2011. Right. 11. 2011. <laughs> it's like on that episode of Friends where it's like, you know, you have a cold when you can't say fine without yeah. putting a D at the end of it. Fine. Fine. 11. Yeah. Um, yep. Ian is perfectly healthy. He's not sick. Um, <laughs> I may have planted a seed of doubt though earlier. I asked him, I was like, hey, how are you feeling? You said you were feeling under the weather last week. And I was like, was I? Yeah. He literally, he looked me dead in the eye and said, Am I sick? Like I could, like I could read his body. Or like something. you'd know better than him. right. Like my allergies have been like in and out lately, so I'm like, mm. so I'm like, I don't know what's going on with me. The but. thing that happened this week is that I got a PhD. For God's sake, <laughs> right? <laughs> sensible, sensible, sensible. So it, the year is 2011. Ah, uh, yes, the year is 2011. Barack Obama was president. He sure was. was. Oh. And Keeping Up with the Kardashians was only in its eighth season. Eight? I don't know. I think so. Oh. Because it's in season 15 now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're okay. correct. Hey. That was just a pure shot in the dark. Yeah. Yes. 
Good job, math. Do you like how that's how I identify the late aughts? <laughs> the president and reality TV. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I mean, basically what it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, everyone's got their bookmarks, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, Ian and I are both cast in this, I guess I'd call it like a workshop. Yeah. I know this isn't a visual medium, but I am putting air quotes right. around the word workshop. Yes. Um, and, you know, it was just... <laughs> Ian and I came out of it as good friends because we could regularly make eye contact during rehearsals and be like, okay, so you see what I see, right? Yep. You're thinking yep. what I'm thinking? Yep. Cool, cool, cool. That it's not going well or so it's the direct- not high art? <laughs> <laughs> so it was very developmental, I would say. Mm-hmm. It was very new. This um, is like when rich people say they're comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, no, but um, so my professor was the director of this work. Okay. Um, and a friend of mine was like one of the quote unquote writers of it. I forget exactly her involvement of it, but Teresa got involved through the director's friend who was her professor. Yes. So this uh, director. You went to two different colleges. Yes. Okay. Where were you studying? NYU. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and so this director has a very specific language as far as her interpersonal skills. Mm. And if you don't know how to speak that language, then it's like, well, what what the fuck am I even doing here? Sure. And so... Yeah, it was a little, like... I was like, I don't know what's happening, I guess is the best way right. to put it. And it's like... You know? And it's like, Teresa is... Hella smart. True story. Teresa is incredibly smart, so it's like I don't also fears that you agree, girl. We were talking no about it. Teresa's fucking fearless, and she knows she's fucking smart. Right. She's like funny. we were talking about yes, it recently, and, and she's like, "Yeah, I did calculus in ninth grade," and I was like, "Oh, got it, got it, got it." Oh, you get that big brain, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and so I could tell in this workshop that like we had there was one other person like our age in there who I went to college with, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, Nikki and I like we know how to speak this director's language to an extent so we can kind of like fudge our way through things but we like we could tell that like Teresa knew that this woman was speaking another language and Mm -hmm. Teresa was like like being her most empathetic self and trying to connect but it just was not working because this woman only knows how to speak one language Mm -hmm. so for not our for our non-artsy fartsy listeners when you say a different language you mean like a different like interpersonal style but you're saying that basically she was speaking in a different like she commu- terminology? Like she communicated differently from mm-hmm. the rest of us, essentially. Okay. Literally the rest of us. Right. I think actually at rehearsal at one point, one of our other castmates um, said, wait, it's not fair. She was their teacher. They speak her. Oh my, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. 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 It was that noticeable. It was right. that noticeable. Just because oh like, my gosh. Nikki and I, like the other like contemporary of ours, Nikki and I had her as a professor. So like we, to an extent, knew how to speak her language, how to communicate with her. Sure. But like, Teresa and I could like look each other in the eye and be like, so you know what's going on here, right? And then me be like, kind of, sort of, I think so, <laughs> but like stick with us, you're, you'll be okay. Right. Like, and then, like, out of that, we just kind of, like, had this, like, bond of, like, a boot camp experience that, like, only we could have. Some of the strongest <laughs> friendships are born out of really negative circumstances. Right. It's L- Living through something together. Right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, because I mean, to get through it, it's almost funny while it's happening. Right. Like being in it's it. It's so bad it's good. It's so it's bad like, it's good. It's like you can't help but laugh at it. Yeah, like you're just sitting there and I would be sitting in the middle of the room and being like, I don't know what this human wants from me and I don't know either how to say to her, I'm not totally sure what you want from me in a way that she would also get. Right. You know? I remember one time she was like, yeah, I'm not going to know what I want until I see it. And I was like, then what am I doing here? Then Why? Uh, yeah, I'm just your guinea pig. Right. Yeah. I'll just run in the hamster wheel. Yeah. Yeah, and that was also another thing. Like, if she had said that on the first day, that would also have been really helpful for me. Right. Because um, I'm very, I'm from Brooklyn, y'all. So I'm very <laughs> like, so here are all my cards, and you put out all your cards, and then we see how our, like, cards work them their lives out together. Right. right. And so, like, if from the get-go she had been like, not really sure what I want, just, like, do whatever. Yeah. Right? Like, just go sure. for it. And I'll just be like, no, 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 yes. You know? That would have been, oh, got it, got it, got mm-hmm. it. Right. So it was just, you know, theater's a collaboration. And so it's, I'm sure we've all had this experience inside and outside of theater where you are trying to collaborate with somebody, but based on how you communicate and how they communicate, a lot of talking past ends up happening. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just right. one of those things. Right. I mean, we deal with it all the time, especially because you're mitigating different egos all mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily bad ego, just really, like, forward-thinking, positive, like, people who want to put forward ideas. Right. And not all of them are going to survive, but everybody's is somehow the best. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then just, like, since that, like, we have just, like, called on each other for different projects and, like, different, like bar nights and just like we just <laughs> remain friends yeah. like it's I been great I think it really helped that we um, I had a major breakup in the middle yes. of this workshop air quotes again um, <laughs> and so one rehearsal I showed up and Ian's like hey how are you and I'm like I just broke up with my boyfriend of three years ha <laughs> how are you and yeah cut to us eating one dollar pizza in Union Square yeah, after rehearsal because like the three of us Teresa, Nikki and me like had all gone through breakups within that past like six weeks mm-hmm. so we're all just kind of like cool we're just all uh, we're just all single now <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just the trend now. yeah it's, uh, it's very in everybody's doing it yeah. single for the summer um, it's yeah. one of those things what have you guys worked on together since Mm. Mm. Dance it yourself, nutcrackers. Yes. So you have to say it in that voice. Dance it yourself, <laughs> nutcracker. Yes. Oh, I like the rolling. It is German. <laughs> it's German. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, I guess Tchaikovsky's Russian. So yes. dance it yourself, <laughs> nutcracker. You're really good at that. I can't jump into a Russian accent that easily. Uh, I'll like jump into like my Bensonhurst right. version of it. Like dance it yourself. Yeah, dance, dance it, it yourself. yourself. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm not a fan of audience participation, but sweater weather. It gets yeah. me in the mood. <laughs> Just like smell some peppermint. Yeah. Um, Brenda loves audience participation, but hates the program. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She small. wants to figure it out for herself. Yes. Yep. Oh, yep. she will dance it herself, honey bun. Can you imagine if we had that? Someone just like getting up to dance when it wasn't. A moment of audience. I was afraid of that. I was a little, little afraid bit. of that. <laughs> Everybody thinks of that though. You know when you're at a show and there's a really intense moment and you're like, what would happen if I just ran on stage right now? <laughs> right. Right. You know, like magic of live theater or will I be shot? Will right. I be shot? <laughs> yeah. Actually, on my uh, Facebook, you know, on this day, my Facebook memories, I checked before I got here. 
And this is actually the anniversary of me seeing uh, the latest Les Mis revival. And my dad bought me the tickets because he's awesome. And he put me in literally the first row right at the aisle. And I literally posted on Facebook, thanks, Dad. I am close enough to be able to run onto the stage and sing four full bars of I Dreamed a Dream before I'm arrested. (laughs) You know, just one of those moments. Uh, But I would love if it happened in a scene that had nothing, like we'd already heard. Like, Bontine's dead. Exactly. I I Dreamed a Dream is like the fourth number of the show, Mm -hmm. so you have to wait till later when it's Master of the House and you get, I I Dreamed a Dream of or I was gonna say like after everyone in the like on the barricades have died and like the turntable's just playing that oboe of like yeah, Rosh is reaching his arm up and then all of a sudden it turns around just Teresa going there was a time when men were kind instead of turning instead right. of turning through the years it's yes a, it's a just radio Teresa. audience yeah. on the stage about to get arrested right you're oh welcome oh my world. goodness um, yeah. yeah and so, so you we, guys did DIY yes mm-hmm. for two mm-hmm. years yeah Ian brought me on board to that project so mm-hmm. Ian, I was director choreographer. Ian was my associate choreographer and the associate producer and basically everyone's job. Ian did all I was, the things. Yeah, I was just kind of like the general like right-hand man. Mm, like, well placed. Just, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like, so like this little thing needs to get taken care of. I'm on it. Yeah. Um, Ian, why, why is that guy in the orchestra? I'm on it. Yeah, no, seriously. Like Ian was, by the time I noticed a fire was starting, Ian had already grabbed the fire extinguisher and was like walking toward it. This is also a metaphor. Metaphor. Oh my, oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Just I almost had a heart attack just now. Claire's face was like, what did you not tell me? I don't understand. The last I heard, you all were casting it mm-hmm. and that was fun. Right. Yep. Ian, wait, so what we talked about on the show the first year of Dance It Yourself was when you all asked for dancer and actor submissions for the project. Mm-hmm. Right. We talked on the show about the experience of being behind the table. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for those that aren't in the arts, when we say behind the table, it's the person who makes the big decisions about who gets cast and who doesn't. Right. And it's normally because when we audition, we walk into the room and the team that is in charge is sitting behind a table. Mm-hmm. Yes. So on the other side of the table, I think gave a really... Or being on the other side of the table gave a really uh, new perspective to Ian that I know as his collaborateur on this mm-hmm. has changed a lot of his process. And mm-hmm. like I, I think you, if you don't mind my saying, take a lot of like leadership and initiative, especially when it comes to like the production of our work. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, like it was, I mean, it was just really cool to be on that side of it for like the first time in a professional setting. Like that was that was awesome and like it was with like the best possible team i could have asked for our team was awesome you guys yeah. y'all like our <laughs> team was so awesome i loved our team so much i still do um i was just thinking about our stage manager the <gasps> other day we had this incredible stage manager <sighs> who used to just make us laugh like mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like was just so on top of it and comedy like, and organization right. too for the price of one right like it was it was just like unreal like we were like we were definitely spoiled in this experience. That the universe was like, here's some good. Yeah, no, we were really spoiled. Talk about like speaking different languages. That was such a good example of a team that we could all communicate with each other very effectively, and we were all, you know, very positive people. Right. So y'all were speaking the same language. Yeah, yeah, and we also didn't. There's no one on our team who English. You were speaking. We were right. speaking English. Um, we were actually speaking ancient Greek to honor Dionysus. Yes. Um, 
Mm-hmm. That's why it went so well. And that's why it went so well. We always poured one out for Dionysus and he didn't smite us. So right. that's how you do theater, y'all. End of podcast. <laughs> and that's been the thing that happened this week. Yeah, so it was just such a great team and we did it two years in a row and we ended up with I'm still genuinely astounded at the cast we assembled. Oh, absolutely. Like, when I was writing this casting breakdown, I was like, are we going to find these humans? Because it's, so DIY Nutcracker, it's doing the Nutcracker with, at first we did it with eight people, and then we did it with 11 people. <clears throat> if anyone's ever seen any sort of Nutcracker, usually there's like 9,000 people in it, approximately. Right. Yeah. Um, so we had a, a small cast of the Nutcracker would be 50. Right. If you're, exactly. if you're truly doing all, all, what, three acts, four acts? I mean, it's two acts. Two? Yeah. But it has, like, different different sectioning in the score, right? Like, well, up to like, Sugar Plum Fairies is part one. Well, there's, like, the like the real world, which is, like, the Christmas party, and then, like, Clara shrinks down and, like, fights the racking, mm-hmm. and the Nutcracker Prince is like, you're coming with me. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. act one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Act two is, like, hey, we're in the land of sweets. Mm-hmm. Here's everybody from all the different countries and candies and stuff. Oh, until okay. until it's like okay, well that's been fun. Yeah. Have a safe trip home. Time to leave. Yeah, <laughs> girl, bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So we were, you know, we had a lot of doubling in the cast. So someone would play um, someone's mom in the party scene of Act One, and then they'd have to change really fast to become a snowflake for a while. So the snowflakes, and then they'd have to change really fast. Well, I guess they had intermission to become Arabia in Act Two. So mm-hmm. it was a very the skill sets we were looking for were very varied. So for that track in particular, you know, when I was writing the casting breakdown, I said something to the extent of, "So you need to be a really awesome actor, but also your ballet technique needs to be on point. But also, can you belly dance professionally?" And that's not a normal casting breakdown. Right. No, yeah, definitely those not. skills don't necessarily come up in a casting breakdown together. So we were genuinely like, cool. But we found a human who we, was wonderful. Yeah, who literally did all of the above. All the things. And yeah, things. so it ended up being a, a, a success. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine finding the right person? Not to say that this person was at all, because I don't know who it was. Their, what's their name? Kelly. 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 Hi, she Kelly. sounds very nice. But can you imagine if you found someone who's not Kelly, that had that skill set, but was a dick? <sighs> like, what? Right. When you're over a barrel like that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's so lucky that, like, the universe intervened and brought you someone who was also nice like oh, yeah. how dare they right, right? <laughs> crazy yeah. right and that's why I was like y'all Dionysus has blessed us so everyone go home and drink wine and right. pour one out for Dionysus pour one out we got real lucky with this cast right like, mm-hmm. really lucky mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it was wonderful and yeah and that experience as well you know we did DIY Nutcracker both times we only rehearsed for three weeks right four it was weeks. It was a real yeah, sure. quick and quick and clean process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was a lot of, you know, Ian and my assistant choreographer, Maria, and I sitting in my apartment and, you know, figuring out what plot of Nutcracker we're going to work with because there yeah. are so many different variations. And then sitting there with this music being like, okay, what? how does the plot point we came up with last week correspond to this chunk of music? How are we spacing this? What are we right. doing? Um, and so, and there was always beer, so. There was always beer. <laughs> <laughs> and like chips and salsa and chowder. Mm-hmm. And chowder, um, and chowder. And chowder. Mm. That's her cat's name. 
Oh my gosh. For a second I thought you were saying that the spread at, at <laughs> was beer and chips and salsa and, and chowder. chowder. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine if like that's how I hosted? Right. <laughs> it's like, hey guys. Very Boston of you for being a Brooklyn girl. Yeah, very, um, very Boston. You got but, your chowder, you got your chips and salsa, and if you want a bit, it's in the fridge. You're very good at the accent. <laughs> she is. She's a dialect coach. No. That's cool. I wish I could say that I was building a business out of it. If anybody actually wants to pay me to do it, I only do it like as favors to people. Right. I really should charge. You should. Because you're really good at it. the people who ask me are are my friends. I'm not going to be like a fucking dick. Right. I had a friend one time who had a final callback for Lumiere in Mm -hmm. Beauty and the Beast and I was giving him all of the French notes Mm -hmm. and he wrote back and he goes, wow, Claire, fierce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Real. Thus endeth the The first first tangent. Um, Oh, Teresa doesn't know all of our little... So, so we get three. We allot ourselves three, and you can have as many as you, you want. You have Great. as many as you want. Yeah. Love tangents. Yay. Perf. All right. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that's how our friendship got super, like, cemented. Yeah. And most recently, we, in one night, we went to four bars, and yes. that's probably what I'm proudest of, not even going to lie. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> okay. it was very impromptu. Like, yeah. you had the night off, I had the night off, and it was like, hey, you want to meet up at this place? And then I'm like, yeah, then my friend has this deal at this other place in, like, uh, Murray Hill. And then Renee, our mutual friend, invited us to another place. Mm-hmm. And then in between that, Teresa was like, I want chicken fingers. So we went to another place. <laughs> mm-hmm. The only time that you want to do a bar hop is when you didn't plan to do a bar hop. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because if you plan a bar hop, it is honestly the most trepidatious, horrible thing. Mm-hmm. It's like It sucks. It sucks because it's mm-hmm. like, why are you... <laughs> The, the the metaphor I was going to use was Amy Santiagoing, um, <laughs> which is a Brooklyn Nine Nine reference. But like, yes, why are you o- over planning a bar hop? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I if if there's no spontaneity in doing a bar hop, or even just like going party to party, or letting the night take you where it wants to. Right then you're not going to get out of the experience the ones that you're like, I will never forget this night. Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't let it happen to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. True story. True story. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those, you know, I kept, during the night I kept being like, hmm, I'm 30 and I'm doing this. This feels like 19 year old Teresa really right. took the wheel that yes. night. Yes. You know, sometimes Same. she just like rears up and grabs the wheel. 19 year old Teresa, take the wheel. Yep. Support you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Strongly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's take great. it from That's that's carrying on as sung by Eddie Vedder. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Yeah. Not even the right notes, but it's fine. you know we're going for it. Yeah. Strong. Um. Are we ready for the thing that happened this week? Well, mm-hmm. I certainly am. Before yeah. we do it, I have to pee. I have Go. to pee too. Okay. Perfect. All right. We're gonna take a little break, and little then we'll be break. back with the thing that happened this week. All right. Pee break. Cue the music. 